Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome back, KIP Nation. Kingdom Influencing Nation. You are a mighty army of God. Thank God for every last one of you. I want to thank God today for all of you who are subscribing and sharing with your friends and networks. Thank you for purchasing my book, Pressing to the Power, A Journey to Healing and Breakthrough, found on Barnes and Nobles, found on Amazon, and of course, Christian book distributors, Cokesbury, and any online uh, book distributor. So I'm excited about what's happening. I want to send a special thanks to all of the veterans out there who are listening from around the world. Thank you so, so very, very much. We honor you for your service and we thank you for serving our country. We appreciate you and we pray God's peace, his love, his power, and his surrounding virtue and healing over your life. May God keep you during these times. Thank you again. Listen, today we want to keep with uh, the step that we talked about last week and uh, many of you uh, have listened to the holy mistress and I, I want to get to part two and, and kind of continue along that path and again I must say in the front of this uh, podcast that this is not meant to uh, destroy anybody rake anybody over the coals this is simply a message of wisdom and a message of, of learn, uh, learned behavior that will help you uh, to go into your pastor with your head low and, and come out with your head up. Um, and why do I say we go into the pastorate, whether you're male or female, you should be in a place of humility. And when you come out, if you can come out unscathed by some of the things that attach themselves to us or attack us as pastors, hopefully you'll be able to come out with your head up and you hear the sound of the voice of the Lord saying to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. But one of the, the title of today's message is the dysfunctional pastor, the dysfunctional pastor. And 
and, and let me say this again because we have to expand on a couple of things in order for this to make sense to us first of all no pastor goes in being dysfunctional but it is the wear and tear of ministry it is the perpetual uh, pounding and and isolation and uh, the being uh, put in a place of, of, of pressure that can get to any pastor. Any pastor in the world can fall. But one of the things that I've noticed as I've been doing this, just the study for this particular message, there's nowhere in the Bible where perfection is required. And, and I need to say this because pastors make mistakes. And we can call it sin. It is sin. But essentially, you know, when you're sitting in our office, you 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 made a mistake. The pastor sinned. But the point of the matter is, there needs to be balance in that in that situation because you want to share what you have to share and whatever happened in your marriage uh, with your pastor, and then you want your pastor to tell you what the Word of God says, to tell you about the grace of God, to tell you about the mercy of God. To tell you about the healing, restoration of God. Well, the converse of that is in a situation where a pastor has transgression or falls or sins or makes a mistake. That same uh, mercy, that same grace, that same love, that same uh, restorative uh, 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 love needs to be on the pastor. He should get or she should get the same grace they should get the same love it shouldn't be you know uh, uh lynch the pastor day it, it should not be that type of setting in a mature church and we should not allow people on the outside to create judgment on your pastor and they don't even go to church they don't even know what they're talking about they don't have all of the details they they heard a little portion in a barbershop. They haven't heard everything because there are always two sides to every story and the truth. Let me say that again. Two sides to every story and the truth. And so we ought to reserve judgment until we get full disclosure, until we get full understanding. And if we don't get it, then like you want the privilege of privacy, the privilege of privacy, and that is you don't want everybody to know your business then why would you want everyone to know your pastor's business, whether they be male or female? You want to, in some ways, protect them, preserve them. They're already going through. They're already feeling bad. They're already embarrassed. They don't need you uh, becoming the town crier as if the British are coming or something. You need to exercise judgment uh, in the sense of judging your own self, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. No one is righteous, no, not one. So when I teach this lesson today, it's not from the perspective of being better than, greater than, uh, none of that. It's from the perspective of, hey, pastors, leaders, those of you who are both in the marketplace and those of you who are in the church, male or female, in either arena, these are some things that will help us to be better at what we do. And they were given to us for a reason. And in spite of the world saying there are no 
moral standards. There are no uh, uh, guidelines. There are, are no uh, uh, standards of excellence. We can't fall into the trap of being in a setting where we have no uh, out of bounds. There's no sport in the world where you just do what you want to do. That's why they have referees. That's why they have uh, 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 judges. There are people uh, on the field to maintain order. The Bible was given to us as a guide to help us maintain order that is consistent with the character and the nature of God. God does not want us to fail at pastoring. God doesn't want us to fail at being a leader or being a C-suite executive. No, God wants us to be successful. So he puts certain standards in place that will help us to navigate all of the vicissitudes, the trials, the tribulations, the pain, the frustration of, of ministry, of business, of uh marketplace work i mean no matter where you are if you're in a place of leadership you're going to encounter these things the attacks of the enemy are real some people don't want to believe in the devil you don't have to believe in anything you want to believe in you don't have to believe in the devil but i tell you what when certain things begin to happen in a certain way you will figure out that just as god is real his enemy satan is also real and so we have to be clear on the pathways that we need to take in order to not only benefit ourselves and our, our, hus our spouses, but also to benefit our children. They need a proper example. There's so many negative examples of marriage out there that we need to set some kind of a standard. And it's not easy. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you it's easy. I've made mistakes along the way. My wife has made mistakes along the way. I, if she was here today talking on this uh, podcast, she would tell you straight up, there's no easy road and all oh, this. This is, you know, simple thing. When we got married uh, and began to teach marriage education, one of the first things we taught people, I said, what does it take to keep your marriage together? And the first thing most people say is love. It's not just love. It is, it is work. W-O-R-K. Marriage is work. But it is the work that allows you to build a foundation for your ministry, for your purpose, for your future, for your family, for your children. Uh, it, it, it is impacting all of these areas of your life. And so we can't just blow it off and, and as if it's nothing, it's just a give me a divorce and let me go my separate way, let me do my thing. What thing? What are you going to do? I, I've talked to many people who are divorced, both male and female, and the first thing they say to me is like someone ripped my heart out of my chest. And so if there's a real love component there. If there was ever really a love uh, a mandate, a, a covenant relationship in that marriage, it's not just that easy, okay? So don't just look at what the world is doing or even look at people in the church who find it just very easy and just flippantly uh, file for divorces. I mean, it's one thing if there's abuse. It's one thing if there's adultery that cannot be resolved. It's it's one thing, and I said cannot be resolved because adultery is not necessarily grounds for divorce. It's when a person, whether they be male or female, perpetually does this and refuses to turn from that way 
Now we have grounds for divorce. But if there's been an error, if there's been a mistake, if there's been a weak moment, if there's been a time where people have fallen short, and it happens, it happens. People are human. We cannot just turn a deaf ear and a turn a deaf back on them as if no sin have you ever done. Okay? So we have to be responsible adults when we're in marriage, mature adults in marriage. We have to look at this thing from each other's perspective, realizing that we're all human. And if anyone should say that they don't sin, well, the Bible says you lie and the truth is not in you. So in a marriage situation, everybody sins. As a matter of fact, the Bible goes on to say, if you think about it, you've done it. Okay. So thinking about it messes you up. So let's get beyond what has happened. Yes, there may need to be space. Yes, there may need to be trust rebuilt. Yes, there may need to be a time of, 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 uh, conversation and counseling and coaching and and covenant renewals yeah these things are, are are helpful to rebuild the marriage but it doesn't have to be the end all right so let me let me say that and hopefully that helps somebody um we've already got into this thing in, in such a way that i didn't know we were going but when i say a dysfunctional pastor again i'm I, i'm using the word pastor but I, I want to talk to leaders as a whole because we all have a responsibility. And some people say, well, I'm not a pastor. Well, if you have oversight over people and you're speaking into their life and, and you are, are one who uh, uh, is in charge, you're in charge of setting order. Pastors set order. That's what we do. Okay, leaders in the church set order. Leaders in the marketplace, if it's a nonprofit, set order. There can be no working organism or organization in the world that functions without order. The body, the human body, does not function without order. There needs to be order, there needs to be structure. The universe functions with order. And so, this whole notion in this season that we don't need order. And that we can just, you know, literally just do what we want to do and say what we want to say and go where we want to go and do what we want to do is ludicrous. It is ludicrous because the world needs order. Are, are you catching me? Our militaries and every functioning uh, organization or organism in the world needs order. So when I say dysfunctional, it is listen to the term. Listen to the term because we're in a prayer mode. Everybody say prayer. We're in a prayer mode. We want to pray for our leaders. We want to pray for our leaders. We don't want to judge them. They should live in a no non-judgment zone in the church. It should not be every mistake they make, every word they mispronounce. It it shouldn't be you're looking to see if there are any T's uncrossed, to see if any I's dotted. You shouldn't have them on a pedestal, but you should treat them with as men and women of honor you should respect them and they should respect you the bible says we're submitted one to another and there are different levels of submission in the church so let, let's let's talk about dysfunction dysfunction uh, is an attribute that people fall into uh, it's a deviation from the norms of social behavior in a way regarded as bad a deviation from the norms of social behavior in a way regarded as bad so we're going to talk about that from a, from a biblical perspective you know when we deviate from 
the social behavior that has been given to us by God in the Bible. And we also want to bring up two other definitions because I want to make sure that we get something in our heads today. The first definition is functional. The quality of being suited to serve a purpose well. It is the, the quality being, of being suited to serve a purpose well. And all of my dictionaries are from, all my definitions are from Oxford. Then there's function. An activity or purpose intended uh, an, an activity or purpose natural to or intended for a personal thing. So just because you can function doesn't mean you're functional. So there are pastors out there who are functioning, but they're not functional. Okay. This is not their call. Let me say this to, to some pastors who you can preach the horns off a of billy goat. Just because you can preach well doesn't make you a pastor. The object of being a pastor is the care of the sheep. It is being able to set standards of order in the house of God. It is not about you barking out orders that you don't do yourself. The whole mandate of the church is that whoever is the leader, you are, we are held to a higher standard, but we also, because of being a leader, understand how easy it is to fall into dysfunction, how easy it is to fall into sin. And so we're not giving orders like do this and do that. We're trying to lead by example to give people an example, a picture of what it means to, to try to live according to the mandates of God. Okay, so that's important for us. That is important for leaders that we lead by example all right and so there you may be working as a pastor and you may function as a pastor but you may not have the functionality of the pastor meaning you do these things well you are suited to serve in this office of the pastor uh, there are many people who were sent by God and there are other people who went and there are other people just you know, you just didn't couldn't find a secular job and you just set yourself up to do what you wanted to do. And so we have a, 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 a propriety or a, a, how do you say it? I, I want, I'm, the word is eluding me right now, but we are oversaturated with churches that have no order, that have no structure because the person who is now the pastor, they would not submit to leadership. They would not to sit, submit to a, another uh, one being over them, uh, giving them guidance and giving them purpose and teaching and preaching the word of God. So they started what I call a, a renegade organization, just a renegade church, a maverick church. They're doing what they want to do, setting up rules the way they want to set them up with a total blatant disregard for scripture, doing what they want to do. And you, you've seen some of this on TV. I don't have to get into that. But that is not the norm of the church. And we cannot take a handful of people and make that handful of people the norm for the church because it's not. Are you with me? It's not. Listen, there's so much more that I need to talk about. But I want to share this in bite-sized shoes. And I want it to get us to a place where we understand the mandate of leadership. And I've talked about leadership in the past. There are many 
uh, uh, podcasts on leadership that you can look at. But we have to understand this and we have to submit to standards that have been given to us by God. All right. So there's a lot more to go. I, I know now I'm going into a part three. So sit right, sit tight. Next week, it's going to be a part three. Uh, I, I think we just set the table today, wet the whistle. I hope nobody scurries past part two uh, and get to part three and have a listen to part two. And I really want you to listen to them in in succession. Part one, part two, part three. All right. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing uh, Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I hope these practical measures will help us to be the kingdom-minded people that God have called us to be. We ought to go through the earth and we ought to be kingdom influencers. So what is it I want you to do? I want you to hear the word of the Lord. I want you to pray to God to help you to walk according to the word of the Lord. And then the third thing I want you to do is go influence the nations. Have a great day. God bless. Oh my God, I almost got off the air without saying this. Don't forget the month of November, I mean the month of October is Pastors Appreciation Month. Please ma'am, please sir, show your pastor some appreciation. Let them know that you love them. You can take them to lunch, to dinner, to uh, uh, breakfast. Uh, do something. Give them a card, write an email, do a creative uh, narrative, do something demonstrate that you appreciate the word of God, you appreciate the example, you appreciate their sacrifice, you appreciate all of the things that they go through that you may never know of, but you do want to say thank you to them and the first family, all right? Hey, be blessed. Talk to you next week.